everyone. Welcome to the Let It Be podcast. I'm your host, Becky Ziegenfuss. Each show, I share conversations around purpose and promise. We talk about friendships, family, faith, all the favorite things. Make this your time. So whatever you have to do, let it go, let it wait, let it be. Welcome to episode 15 of the Let It Be podcast. Today, I have a very special friend with me. Her name is Gina Sanders, and Gina and I met through our girls who had become friends during a transitional time through school in Gina's life, and it was also a transitional time in a very, very big way for our family. So as Gina just shared with me off air, she sees my our friendship through a very different lens and a very different perspective because we had just entered a new season. So we might get into that in a little bit in our conversation. But before we do, Gina, why don't you just tell us who you are and what you do? Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Who I am and what I do, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, wife, married 24 yep. years to my high school sweetheart. Met him when I was 15 years old. That's um, unbelievable. I know, right? Um, married um, for a very long time, it seems like, compared to my friends who are my same yeah. age. So uh-huh. that's kind of fun and unique. Um, I have four beautiful children yeah. in every developmental stage possible. <laughs> um, so I consider myself very relatable in that aspect yeah. from 23, 18, 15, and 11. Um, I am an advocate for women yeah. in all ways. Um, my background is growing up um, in a family like all of us um, that was imperfect mm-hmm. and wonderful mm-hmm. and also messy. Yeah. And so a lot of who I am and what I do is related to that experience growing up. My undergraduate work began in conflict resolution, interpersonal communication, um, mediation, and then led into a desire to get into mental health counseling mm. and really um, feeling like God blessed me with an ability to bring people together, mm. to connect, yeah, I see um, find common ground, yeah, and um, really be able to respect and love each other mm-hmm. in their truth. Yeah. And for me, especially with women, that has been my, my heart. And that's honestly where we have found common ground. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that when you and I met, I knew you as mom, wife, and very, very active community volunteer in a lot of different areas in our community that we live in. I feel like most people in this community know who you are because you've been really active in the schools, in a variety of schools mm-hmm. within the community mm-hmm. and with different projects and things like that. And we'll get into kind of where you and I really do share um, some common ground. You lead it, but we share in some common ground for women specifically. Mm-hmm. But you, as I just mentioned, you have found yourself in a lot of different lanes of interests and responsibility. How have you, because I struggle with this too, with doing a lot of things at the same time. How have you been able to discern where God would have you for certain points in your life? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> so I'll definitely say that is something that took me quite a while to learn, mm-hmm. as it does most of us yep. ladies. Yep. Um, I spent 
And Ma- even, even men, it's funny. My, yes, for sure. My brother-in-law was on here a few episodes ago and he even shared that he's in his late thirties and he's still, he just has a lot of interest and he's good at a lot of different things. Yeah. And sometimes when you're real, you, you kind of succeed at whatever you try to do, it's hard to figure out what God wants you to do. hundred percent. And even when you don't succeed, <laughs> we learn so much anyway, right? True. Um, so I would say, I spent a lot of time in way too many lanes, um, other people's lanes, mm-hmm. believing I was helping, mm-hmm. um, sticking with that lane analogy. Yeah. I um, spent a lot of time driving a car alone mm-hmm. in that lane mm-hmm. and backwards down a one-way street, mm-hmm. like learning to hear God with my incredible tendency to speed through mm-hmm. everything in life not really being present in the moment mm-hmm. and aware of my surroundings, like present in my body, like yeah. where am I headed? Where am I going? And it really was like my late twenties, early thirties, um, just some beautiful women at my old church mm-hmm. who really taught me yeah. how to discern and what that looked like. And I would just say that God is so good. Um, the reality is he is always the roadmap. Like he's the one when you, when I read this question, we were talking about it. I thought like, he's the ultimate ways, you know how it like yeah, makes yeah, yeah. the efficient uh-huh. route. Yeah. Recalculating. He gives us recalculating. the recalculated, <laughs> more efficient route. We don't yeah. always listen. We're like, right. Oh, that app's probably wrong. I'm going to go this way. Right. Oh, so I have that a, is my word picture for us today. That's so good. Cause I have a perfect analogy for that. We were coming back using ways actually of all apps. We were coming back from my in-laws over Thanksgiving a couple of years ago. And I-80 can be a dream of a road or a nightmare. There's nothing in between. You're either (laughs) moving right along or it's a standstill. Uh And we were using Waze. And my husband, because he's from Pennsylvania, like he knows that road, like the back of his hand. And he's driven it, I mean, so many times. And Waze is telling us, get off here, get off here. And we're like, why are we supposed to get off here? That's traffic's moving just fine. There's no backup. I love this word picture. He's saying, get off here, get get off off here. here. And we're like, no, I got this. this. I know what I'm doing. So we keep going and we turn the bend and there's a police officer's car blocking traffic and is a dead standstill. And guess what? The next exit is 10 miles. Mm -hmm. So we sat for two hours because there was like a jackknife rig way, you know, seven miles ahead. And so for two hours, we sat when all the while Waze was saying, stop, stop, listen, pay attention, get off here. So, so as you're I saying inter- that, interject that, well, as you're saying that, all I think about is how many times in life we do what we want to do anyway. Mm-hmm. We don't stop. We don't listen. Yeah. We aren't in tune with the spirit telling us, get off here. Yeah. We're yeah. done. Yeah. And so we crash and we sit <laughs> for more yes. than hours, sometimes years, sometimes yeah. for seasons of life. Yeah. And we... It, that, that is ultimately what teaches you to discern, right? Yeah, that's it's, good. It's the crash and stop, Yeah, right? Oh, that's really good. Yeah, and I would just say, lastly, related to that, that, you know, I growing up and learning such deep-seated performance-based self-worth mm-hmm. that it mm-hmm. really wasn't until I did stop mm-hmm. and crash kind of hard, Yeah, which I think for moms happens a lot after you have mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so 
amazing and so hard. Yeah, they're so revealing. Of right, right. The junk that we have within us. Right. Yeah. And so it was really then with the kids growing up that I began to tap into those women who really showed me how to hear mm. from God. And and I would just say, I'm still learning to ride. I'm still mm-hmm. learning to be a passenger. Yeah. And not a driver. Mm. That's really good. You mentioned that you have this really deep desire for women to have healthy and whole identities. And you've shared that you had some women kind of pouring into you in different times in your life. Where does that passion stem from? Well, honestly, I think it first started very, very early in childhood for me. Um, Being a counselor, you're going to have to, you know, listen to this story. (laughs) As a young girl, teenager, you know, kind of, we all do this, right? I felt like I was on shaky ground Mm. all the time. I was searching for someone or something to show me who I was, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm. to give me direction and peace about who I was. Um, I think as kids and teenagers growing up, we're looking for people to reflect back to us the qualities that we possess yeah. We don't know. Right, right. Right. The ones, the qualities and the characters that made me uniquely me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted someone or something to intentionally and purposely grab my little face mm-hmm. and say, Gina, you are so valuable mm-hmm. just because you are mm-hmm. not because of what you do, mm-hmm. not because of a sport or because you, um, can do a lot of things. Yeah. You're resourceful and can do all these things. Um, and you, you don't, you don't exist to make me look good. Mm. Were um, you an overachiever as a kid? Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think reflecting back, I, I, I see just these beautiful parents who undoubtedly loved me mm-hmm. beyond measure. Um, And I think for all of us, you know, um, they didn't necessarily receive intentional parenting Mm -hmm. or, um, I mean, who does? Right. I don't know. I think some of it's generational. We have access to so much more now. Right. Right. And, and I feel like people are more open in sharing the good and the bad today that becomes resourceful for, yeah, for, Uh, you just didn't talk about it. No, no. And if you needed help, you didn't ask for it. Exactly. At least in the culture that I grew up in. So I would say, you know, growing for me, a lot of this deep passion came from knowing that um, if if generationally people don't know who they are, they don't know their true identity, um, it's very difficult for them to reflect back accurately anybody else's true identity and not just parents, but others in your life and things like that. So for me, seeing a mother who struggled to find her voice, mm. who I adore and love um, very, very much. But um, that's where the passion came from, knowing she didn't have the resources at her fingertips like I do. Mm. And I just want to make those resources to know who you are, like truly who you are, and and operate out of that confidence and that mm. strength. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it came from the way I grew up. A lot of it came from education. Yeah. That was my ticket to understanding and awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And for both of us, our foundation, when we talk about identity, would stem from our faith and our belief in the fact that God created each person to be 
completely unique and that that uniqueness was knit together before they even entered this world. So how have you had opportunities to kind of speak that truth into women? Yeah. Because the world tells us, there. the world gives lots of messages about identity mm-hmm. and a struggle that I think a lot of young girls have is that they're listening to what the world is telling them, but yeah. they're not learning from a true source what what is happening. Yeah. Oh, man. Absolutely. So I definitely, um, I believe God is the source of our true identity. Absolutely. We are worthy just because we are. Mm-hmm. We are known before the day we were born. Mm-hmm. Every hair on our head to every little wrinkle yeah. on the bottom of our feet. He says we are daughters of the risen king. Like, what if we lived like that? Uh, right. Royalty. With a crown. Dancing. Yeah. On uh-huh. the courts. Yeah. Near the throne. Yeah. And actually lived out of that, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so for me, I, I really wrestled with that because... Um, I had a lot of difficulty connecting with something higher and greater Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. authority um, in my life. And um, I think that is fairly common. Um, But the opportunity I feel like was presented to me was really just this, I think I'm hardwired to want to understand. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like God gave me, I've been told a lot in my life, Gina, that's a lot of words. Like, Mm a lot of words, like, can you narrow that down or maybe stop talking? (laughs) (laughs) And, and that hurt, you know, to hear that message. Um, I know that that's, that's a really big thing for me now as an adult, when, when somebody talks over me or somebody, um, doesn't understand my words or maybe receives them or takes them the wrong way, it hurts me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, I've worked really hard to get better at the, at the words, because I do feel like God gave me <clears throat> this deep intuitive spirit of relationship and connectedness. Mm-hmm. He gave me the ability to see through behaviors and see through, um, and certainly not perfectly. I do not mean this in any sort of a prideful way, but I just feel like when people speak, I hear behind what it really is instead of what's actually being said. Yeah. And I think that the opportunity he gave me through my education, through studying and having brilliant professors um, who came along and taught me how to clarify and how to, how to articulate um, and how to bring people together through really quality conversations. Um, The opportunities that came were what felt like a lot of accidents. Mm. Um, You know, me driving and falling into something that was remarkable. Mm. Um, and my work with and passion for women started in the church, you know, mm-hmm. somebody identifying me and saying, Hey, would you run this mops group? Mm. You know, yeah. um, mothers of preschoolers. I always hated the name mop. I'm like, yeah. really? Can't we be like a swanky Dyson? Why queens. do we gotta be a mop? <laughs> or just Queens. Yeah. Just <laughs> can we find some, not a mop. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And then through work in graduate school in mental health counseling and four kids later and just crashing and burning and not being able to sit and take my licensure because I had four babies and a traveling husband whose career was taking off. And 
So I did all the work, but to do the clinical work and then put four kids in childcare yeah. and work for free and pay for classes to go process that free work mm-hmm. and also take care of the babies and everything else. Um, so I, I, you know, I grieve not having the letters. Yeah. You know, yeah. to show me, oh, you did it. Right. Yeah. But Which again is like, kind of goes back to that whole identity piece. Totally. Those letters aren't what define you. Absolutely. And give you identity. Yeah. What I really love is that you have had a lot of circumstances and experiences that you could have either sat in and kind of played the victim role, but instead you have chosen to take those and not only do more with them, but use those circumstances to see skills and abilities and qualities in other people and speak those, those things into them. And as we were sharing just a little bit before we, we started talking live, I, I did not know and had not thought of the fact that when we met, mm-hmm. Andy and I were going through one of the harder chapters in our lives. And um, we were taught, you and I were talking a little bit about everyone has their own reality. Mm. So truth is what truth is, but the way truth is perceived and received becomes unique to each individual according yeah. to what their reality is in the moment. Mm-hmm. And as you and I were talking, I think where we as a culture and sadly we as Christians, we are not honoring people's realities and mm. what they're going through. Mm. So tell me a little bit about your yeah. perspective from that end. Yeah, this is, this is just a beautiful thing. I love it that we had this, we come in and we should have just turned on the tape recorder from the moment. We just deep dive hard and fast, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So something that has become just mind blowing for me, um, lately has been that as Christians, we know there is, there is the truth. There Mm -hmm. is biblical truth. There is the true, um, source of hope, healing, and eternity, yeah. right? So I think we get tripped up on that word truth sometimes. And um, the reality is it's okay to say that we all have our unique experience mm-hmm. on this side of eternity, right? right? Right. And that doesn't mean our ultimate truth is different. Exactly. But it also doesn't mean that when two people experience the same event, a tragedy or a trauma or something really exciting in life, mm-hmm. the reality is they receive those based on all their hardwiring and their coding and who God created them to be. So in a sense, I believe that we all have very unique personal truths. And that I don't mean like biblical truth. Right. I'm like talking about our person. reality yeah. is different. And that, that difference in the way we receive a circumstance or a trauma or an event in life, um, we're allowed to believe certain and different things about that and how we internalize that. And then on top of that, how we, how we choose to interact with that circumstance is so profound. And I, I think it's okay to say that we all have our own truth because that is our own reality of how we receive something, how we processed it, mm-hmm. how it shows up in our body and our heart and our mind and our soul. And, 
And then, then we have a choice about how to interact with it. And based on how we were trained, how we were parented, right. what other life things we've gone through, we all come to the table with very different survival strategies. Yeah. So, Which leads to one of the areas that you are very involved in and kind of where we have found mm. some commonalities because our church is very involved in the Eve Center. So tell us a little bit about yeah. that because I know you guys have a big event coming up too in the next couple of weeks that you spearhead. So tell us a little bit about that and how that um, intertwines with your passion and heart for women. Yeah. Well, Eve Center Cincinnati has my heart. <laughs> um, it has for eight years or so in 2012 in grad school. Um, I was looking for a clinical supervisor and what was I going to do during yeah. that time? And I had such a heart for women and, and it just so happened our founder, Cindy Roy was at a women's ministry event speaking about this organization that she was starting. Mm -hmm. She's a licensed professional counselor and she felt that there had to be a place there just, there had to be a place where women could go that was safe mm -hmm confidential, um, that they could receive training and counseling and it was not by, it just removed all the hurdles to receiving care, um, insurance and, and money and accessibility and scheduling and all these things that, you know, as women will, we're on it. We mm -hmm. will, we will advocate for counseling mm -hmm. for our kids mm -hmm. or for our marriage. Mm -hmm. But will we take the time to do the care, whole self care yeah. um, for ourselves? So she started an organization that trained up the congressional term is volunteer peer counselor. So it's a lay counselor. It's a, the amount of training that we have. We're not licensed professionals. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to be mm -hmm. right. But if you need care and you need somebody to walk alongside you, and like you said, walk in your reality with you and tolerate that and reflect back to you. Who are you in the midst of that? Mm -hmm. What lies are going on in there? Mm -hmm. Let's, let's pull those out and get rid of them. Let's give you the skills to go back to your family mm -hmm. strong and whole and healed and, and really be able to change generations of carried shame. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's a really beautiful place and we do no cost faith-based yeah. counseling for women 18 and above in the greater Cincinnati area, over 1100 clients a year at this point are wow. coming in for care. I love it's it. It's really cool. And you do a really large fundraising event, which is really cool. Oh. And we have not had the opportunity to experience it, but we get to go this year. So I'm excited about that. I know, in the that. middle of COVID. I know. Well, but that's okay. It's all right. It'll still be it'll right. still be good. But tell us just a little bit about that because someone listening might want to, even though they aren't able to go, they might want to partner financially yeah. or through prayer or through yeah. volunteerism, whatever. So tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. Yeah. So we, are, uh, we sold out. Four weeks out this year because of COVID, our numbers, you can have events, but yeah. to keep everybody safe, right. it's minimal numbers, right. um, half the people we could normally mm -hmm. have. But we we host an event called Voice of Victory, and that, that, that came from God just speaking in to our organization saying, who are you? What do you do? Let's do something that's not just a fundraiser, but it's it's an, it's a platform. It's a cause. Mm -hmm. It's something that shows the community who Eve center is, what yeah. she's about. And so the whole night is about intentional storytelling mm -hmm. 
of what we call Eve sister stories. Um, we have local um, artists, vocal artists that audition mm -hmm. and we do sort of a voice American Idol kind of a thing yeah. and they perform and we have these stories of just and songs of overcoming. Yeah. And it is so fun. We have Frank Marzullo has been our MC. Yeah. We have Amanda Orlando from Warm 98. It's going to be one of our judges. Awesome. All these really cool people in the community yeah. to come together and celebrate women yeah. figuring out their voice and having victory over so many things that threaten to keep us in victimhood, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. So as you know, my podcast was my little dream that was stirring for a while. And I know you have one too. And it's to eventually one day write yeah. a book. See, when you put that out there, then people hold you accountable, which is what happened to me. I should have just kept the dream in my heart until I was ready to launch it because I had people pushing right. me from behind. Yeah. But you have shared um, some funny titles for the chap potential chapters in your book. And it's funny when you said that because a lot of people operate from the standpoint of I write the content or I speak the content and then I title it. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think like you. Mm -hmm. For me, I could not launch this podcast until I had the name because to me, the name was the heart and soul of what it was going to be. And from the, some of the titles of chapters that you've shared, it sounds very similar to you. So what, what are, what's some of the content? I mean, you don't have yeah. to walk us through the entire yeah. book, but what is some of the content and how did you get to, to those points? Yeah. Well, it's, it's to be continued. It's yeah. still being written, right? Maybe and you that's are, the title of your book. Right. To be continued. Oh, so many titles. <laughs> First of all, I want to say, I think this dream about the book is so much more about affirming the voice, mm -hmm. my voice, mm -hmm voices of women than it is about actually writing. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a terrible writer, grammar, spelling, all of it. Oh my goodness. Um, so for me, it's just a structure in which, you know, thinking about this potential book is a stretch structure and framework for me, <clears throat> remembering to slow down and be present and mm -hmm. really take in the moments and the struggles mm -hmm. and the, they say the gravel in your travel, the, all the little gritty gravelly yeah. things that yeah. make you who you are yeah. and that you know are, are meant to be sacrificial living so that mm -hmm. others can be known mm -hmm. um, with stories that have um, commonality, yeah. right? So um, for me, the book is about overcoming, overachieving, mm -hmm. overanalyzing, overcoming, overachieving. Yeah, yeah, listen to this. <laughs> Overfeeling, oversensing, all the overing written by a over 40-year-old woman mm -hmm. that can just tell like relatable, maybe not exact stories, but themes mm -hmm. um, and how we can be mindful about these themes mm -hmm. and what is God saying yeah. about those things. And so a few chapter titles, and these are just buckets. They're, yeah. they're stories that have buckets of learning. Mm-hmm. One of them is lice and staff at the Ritz. <laughs> and that comes from showing up at a corporate conference with my husband with one kid who just came from church camp and started itching. Oh, no. And my husband, who had a, a little nick cut on his leg and after jumping in pools mm, in the road to Hana, 
started the conference when we got back and his leg swelled up three times the size of a normal leg. And so we had to put on our beautiful clothes and do our hair, even though our head was itchy and we had to go out and we had to mask up and pretend like we're good because we're at the Ritz in Hawaii. And so we have to perform and no one can know that we are itching and throbbing and breaking down in our hotel room. (laughs) I think we can all probably relate to (laughs) it. Awful. Maybe not. I mean, first of all, we would never be staying at the Ritz if it wasn't a corporate event. Let's be honest. (laughs) Um, But, you know, other chapters like why I love the laundry mat. It's just such a communal therapeutic Mm, experience with Uh all the smells and just sitting there and and talking to people you never would meet or, um, one of the big ones is, you know, the song blessings through raindrops. Mm -hmm. I hate that song. Mm -hmm. It would, it was over and over every time you turned on a Christian story. I love you, Laura's story. (laughs) And I get the intention, but there was a point in my time when in time when I heard, if I heard blessings through raindrops one more time, I was going to chuck the radio out the back door because I was like, I'm tired of blessings coming through raindrops. Can it come through sunshine? Yeah. Can it come through beautiful, warm days? Does it have to come through rain? Yeah. And all of what that means. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll hold you accountable. Oh, geez. And when you launch this book, you can come back on yeah. and share all the good things about yeah. it. Yeah, it's coming. It's a story being written. It's I love been, it. It's been unfolding over years and years and years. So. Well, it's funny because a lot of authors say that their first book was one that was brewing for years. Yeah. And then it's almost like once that gets out there, mm-hmm. the the next couple of books just flow. Yeah, I of, hope so. That heart. would be amazing. That would be so I fun. mean, there's a lot of fear of even saying that that's one of your goals. I, know. I think it's probably a common goal for a lot of people, yeah. but are we going to make it happen? Right. Well, I don't know. Let it be. Sometimes you just need the little nudge. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Which I got last Christmas. That was what pushed I love me it. into this. Mm. Um, well, since you just mentioned the name of the podcast, what really was the dream in my heart was the conviction that God has already given us a lot of promises in his word. Mm. And oftentimes we miss the purpose that he has intended for us because we're not looking or we're not spending the time in his word to Mm -hmm. find the promises he has already given us. So what is a scripture verse that has resonated with you? I'm sure there are many, but in particular. Yeah. Well, for me, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5 has, excuse me, become just like a light in my life. Um, it's actually one we're putting into practice at the Eve Center as a result. Um, And it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. It's just that whole, like when I heard that years and years and years ago, and it keeps revealing itself in new ways, Yeah, that I, the comfort I've received from him mm-hmm. is the comfort I can give others through my suffering. Yeah. I mean, wow. I can see that in your wiring. I mean, mm. that's a, that's a perfect, it's a perfect 
drawing from mm. those, those verses. That means a lot. Thank you. So I always ask two questions of my guests. And one of them is when you're not running in all of your lanes, <laughs> what do you love? <laughs> oh man, that's a good question. A couple of things came to mind. First of all, furry things. Ooh, warm and cozy texture. Um, goats. Oh, or, or goats. Goats, great Pyrenees, dogs, chickens, turkeys. You know, one of my adventures yeah. has been to start we, a small yeah, farm, which is a whole. touch I on know. that. That could be a whole other podcast yeah. and a whole other analogy. Uh, totally. But at least mention what it is. Yeah. So five years ago, we found our We Hope Forever home, if God would have it that way. And it was just like. At the time, we had four kids in like two and a half bedrooms. It was like, oh my gosh, we need to move. And as we looked at houses, we were like, just to buy a house for another bedroom is just exhausting to think about. And so being the creative adventure, adventure seeking couple that we are, we we found this place and um, this is little nook. Of land in a very landlocked nothing available community. And it was on the market for three years. Like people are always like, how did you find this? And I'm like, it was sitting here for three years. I have no idea, but we were exactly the right people at the right time. And so when we saw it, we were like, what would we do with all this space? This is interesting. (laughs) And I started advocating for a goat because I saw goats. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I saw them like jumping in pajamas on Instagram. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, we could have these and, and I want to pick out the outfits and it just, they're like potato chips. People say, as soon as you get a goat, you, you can't have stop. another. <laughs> yeah. It's one bag after another. So at this That's point so we've funny. raised pigs and turkeys and chickens and a really jerk of a miniature horse <laughs> who we got rid of because we don't allow jerky animals on our farm. I love it. And it's called, it's called. Yes. Parkside, Parkside. and Maine, which is so meaningful because my husband and I, like I said, high school sweethearts, yeah, um, had a little bit of a crazy beginning in our life and marriage, which is a whole nother segment here. But we went to University of Wisconsin Parkside and the university was on the side of a park. And we actually live on the side of a park in our town. And so Parkside in Maine off Main Street. I love it. um, Hobby Homestead. I love it. That's what it became. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's something you love too. Oh, absolutely. And lastly, this is called the Let It Be podcast. So if there is a prayer that you could have answered, what would it be? Oh, man. That was, my mind was all over the place thinking about that. Um, And I think deep down as a wife and mother, what comes as the deepest desire of my heart is for my children to know Christ, know who he is, know how he shows up for them and that he can be their ways up in life. And maybe, maybe they can learn and take this generationally forward. Um, They're going to have to have their blessings through raindrops, right? But um, I just would like for them to know him maybe a little earlier in life than Mm. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Mm. I I agree. Mm. Let it be. Let it be. Well, thanks, Gina, for coming on my podcast. It officially feels like fall. So getting out today was was one of those early mornings of chilly. Do I want to leave the house or do I want to just grab a cup of coffee? So 
We did both. Yes, so. we did. I feel so accomplished. Good. And it's only 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, thank you so much, though, for sharing your heart and for all the things that you do to pour into mm. our community, but more specifically to pour into women. I know that yeah. there will be so many people who have received your love, your wisdom, your discernment um, that you probably will never know. Mm. So thanks for investing sure. in that way. And thanks for being my friend. Yeah. You know it. Thanks for hanging with my friend Gina and me today on the Let It Be podcast. As you heard from Gina, there are so many lanes she could find herself running in. And sometimes it's difficult to know which lane is the best lane where God wants you for a particular season of life. There was one more passage of scripture that she hoped to share, but we ran out of time. And so I want to share it with you. It's found in Romans 12 verses 1 through 13, but I'm just going to share the beginning portion. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We really can know where God wants us to be through prayer, through discernment, through surrender. You can stay up to date with me and the Let It Be podcast by following along on any social media platform at Becky Ziegenfuss. That's Z-I-E-G-E-N-F-U-S-S. It truly feels like fall here in Cincinnati. So take a little time this week to get outside to enjoy the beautiful colors and the cool crisp air that is quickly upon us. And as always, thanks again for being part of the Let It Be podcast.